Myths, legends, folklore. Humans have always come up with a mystical explanation for what could not always be explained, and stories told around a fire late at night grow and are embellished and eventually become ingrained in the nation's history. With science ever-evolving, many of these historical tales have been explained, but the explanations are not always accepted. Sometimes there are mental illnesses or genetic disorders, and sometimes people become part of a sideshow at a circus and are ridiculed rather than feared. But is it also possible that a facet of human behaviour seen during extreme famine and war, but still practised in parts of the world, was actually turned via these stories handed down through the generations into a mythical beast? And it was the only explanation historically that people's minds could accept. This is the case of Austin Haruf, and this is Murder Me on Monday. Hello and welcome to the Murder Me and Monday podcast. I'm Cameron and joined with me is Mother. Hello. I'm sick and I'm sucking on a lozenge. So if I sound funny, <laughs> that's why. I'm probably not going to talk as much this time. Why am I always sick? I'm just sick constantly in this, aren't I? For the, the past, I think, like three cases, I've been sick in at least two of them. Hopefully I have a sexy voice like Phoebe does in Friends. <laughs> this is a werewolf case, right? Oh, well, it's not, obviously. They're not real, but we're covering one that is at least spookily related to werewolves. This is correct. Yes. It's werewolf season. Uh, I did have questions, but I'll let you talk for a bit and then I'll... No, wait, I'm doing Florida Man, aren't I? Yes, you're doing Florida Man. Okay, so I've actually got a thing about Florida Man this time. And for some reason, I've got animals involved in both of them and that's not going to be a running theme. It just seems to be what's happening. Being from the UK, we don't really have problems with wildlife. Aside from like, the occasional dead badger on the side of the road, I did once see a fucking massive goat with antlers just laying in the central reservation and wondered... Did you? Yeah, I did. On the way back from the gym, I, was, I wondered, is it either a, a farmer's animal that got out, or does someone just throw it out of a car? I don't understand how a massive, like, huge-ass ram was just on the side of the road. Blind me. Anyway, depending on where you live, certain animals can really ruin your day by sifting through bins, just straight up eating your house, or making noises. Be it mice, rats, cockroaches, raccoons. Of today's Florida man, 88-year-old Ezra James didn't do anything weird with the bear. He instead trapped a raccoon and set it on fire. What? Yeah. Why do you think that? Why do you think this old-ass man trapped and ignited a trash panda? I mean, I felt really bad when I accidentally kicked a hedgehog on the way back from a night out once. <laughs> I kicked, I, I, I did, you didn't see it, right? Because it's a hedgehog. They're small and dark. It was a small, dark alleyway. And I kicked something. I thought, oh, it's a stone or a football, but it was soft. It was a hedgehog, and I felt really bad. Why would you set a, a, a raccoon on fire? Exactly. Why do you think he did it? Why do you think he set this raccoon on fire? Why do you think he trapped and then set a raccoon on fire? He developed someone on... He blamed it for something. It broke in and destroyed something and he just lost his shit. No, ate his mangoes. Oh, that's even worse. It ate his his mangoes. So I have questions. Was there a mango tree? Were they in his house? Were him and the raccoons, like, mates? And the raccoon then ate the mangoes inside his house? I know that raccoons are little burglars with their white and black stripy faces on them. So could it have broken in and munched on his fruit? I'm traumatised. Unfortunately, the animal did die and had to be shot by the police. To ease its suffering, Ezra James was released from jail after posting a $2,000 bail on the charge of animal cruelty. Yeah, that was a Florida man. It was either this one 
or a guy that was missing heart mi- missing missing heart i'm chewing a lozenge all right bear with me i have to my throat hurts he was chewing he wasn't chewing a lozenge i was chewing, chewing a lo- lozenge oh fuck me he was missing half his skull from the front half i've seen those pictures you, you, know, you know when people get into like a car accident yeah. and they get huge brain yeah. swelling and they need to remove like a large portion of like the front of the yeah. skull yeah but he had that uh he said a deformed skull he was charged with arson and attempted murder after setting a mattress on fire but I'm going to show you the picture of what this guy looks like and because there's a stupid ad in the way, it's hard to see it. But you'll see what I mean. He's exactly the guy I pictured in my head. He was... A, I didn't know he'd done that. How did I... Mi- oh, never mind. I missed that one. Do you use like DuckDuckGo or something for your yes. search engine? It might, yes. it might be different because I use Google and you use, you use that one. But yeah, uh, start talking more about the whale stuff. Well, you've, you've, you've gone into my area and I'm actually going into your area because this week's case is actually from Florida. And it's got so many twists and turns, my neck ache researching it. And I will apologise in advance, as we don't usually do cases like this, because he actually hasn't gone to trial yet. The shutting down of the world for the last two years has kind of put the proverbial spanner in the works. So hence, there will be a lot of allegedly in this. There is a bit of gore, not too graphic, but I think your imagination will fill in the blanks. So as Cameron said, we're on the third week of spooky months. No messing about. We're talking werewolves. There were no cases actually attributed to werewolves that I could find. But the newspapers had dubbed these people as, you know, the werewolf of whatever or the beast of wherever. And whilst there are some interesting cases out there, and a lot of them, again, I've bookmarked for future, this one stuck with me because at the time, everybody, I think, I remember this one, everybody attributed it to drugs and some sort of a a meltdown about the circumstances. But when the facts actually started to emerge and then it dragged on, things have gone very quiet. So this is why I didn't actually realise it hadn't been finalised. And the more you read into similar cases, it made me wonder if this is where the legend of the werewolf actually comes from. The first thing I could find when I read about it was the Epic of Gilgamesh. That's the first thing I could find that reports about a werewolf. Because I know in mythology, werewolves eat the heart, don't they? Yeah, exactly. That's something they do. Yeah. It's said that what people do not, under, what people do not understand, they then become fearful of. That's a, a saying. Many modern examples we could all probably recite at the moment, but sticking with the, the theme, it made me think of the Salem witch trials. I mean, look what happened to them. That The people didn't understand what these women were. And they became fearful and then... They also had an incredibly flawed scientific method, didn't they? Oh, well, yeah. They're accusing them of being a witch. So <laughs> the only way we can decide if you are a witch is if we, if we tie you with some stones and check you in the water. If you sink, you weren't a witch. And we're not coming to get you because we can't yeah, swim. So, so then if they weren't a witch, their sentence is drowning. But if they were a witch, then they would have lived. So that's just trying to make the witches live more. It's kind of a stupid method, I think. Yeah, I think that's... They yeah, were I gonna... mean, they were just like highly... Uh, prejudicial yeah persecuted sort of group of people weren't they? yeah they, they were considered you know um what we would probably call head hedge witches in the uk they were women who anyway we're not getting into the salem witch trials we're talking about werewolves so being myths or legends and not being able to claim copyright gives a whole load of scope for writers and hollywood to go bananas over a story doesn't it you've got the howling at the moon being a mad ravening beast during a full moon silver bullets or the soft, fluffy, harmless ones, like in Hotel Transylvania, which is brilliant to watch at Christmas, by the way. The supposed arch enemies of vampires were werewolves. 
And um, what the hell was that sparkle stuff with True Blood? I never watched it, and I read it's the book. True Blood is Twilight. Twilight. Oh, there you go. You see, again, never watched it. It's, it's Twilight. I don't know. It, he was uh, iridescent. He had some sort of bioluminescence when the sun hit him. He'd be sparkly. Which oh. is like, have you seen the new Ed Sheeran song? No, the video. No. Yeah, uh, Bad Habits. It's the same thing in that. When the sunlight hits him, he goes all sparkly. I don't know why that's the theme. I don't know why they've got to make vampires sexy all of a sudden. <laughs> I thought we were over that with Twilight, and that didn't go down well. Well, apparently, you, you, you found Gilgamesh, but um, the ancient Green, Greeks are believed to have coined the term from Lycos, or wolf, which is a literal translation. And we therefore, we seem to have ended up with lichens and a massive amount of legends. But there's also the English word werewolf, and like werewolf, which means like, Man of Wolf or something. Yeah, different. Yeah, it's it's, it was quite surprising when I went digging into it. Again, you found that, but the Nordic countries have their own sagas of similar nature from about thirteenth century. You know why, though, don't you? Yes. Why? Because wolves were absolutely prevalent over there, more so than we. Depending on on where you're located geographically, that's usually the bad guy in your mythologies. Yeah. So they were getting eaten by wolves. So wolves the bad guy there. Fenrir, Fenris, the person that's meant to eat Thor at the end of the world, or is that Jormungur? One of the two. Anyway, yeah. But this is why I was surprised when apparently South America has them. They're spread through Brazil, Argentina, Paraguay and Uruguay. And it was actually believed that the seventh son of a family would turn into a werewolf upon each full moon, especially if it was on a Friday. Why a Friday? I don't know, but... Especially this... if it... Yeah. Are you sure that's not what you'd say that... When he has a drink on a Friday, he becomes a right werewolf. Well, again, you you might be right with and that. But... Wouldn't you just not have seven kids if that was the worry? If it's really easy to avoid that, just don't have seven kids. Well, this superstition went so far in Argentina that the former president, Juan Perón, mandated that every seventh son must be baptised. Now, he was in charge, Perón was in charge 1946 to 1955, so it wasn't that flipping long ago that they still believed that and this is why they, they had to have that baptism. Now, you go along the Canadian-American border as it is now. You have the, the legend of the Wendigo, and that's from the folklore of the First Nations. And whilst wolf-like is more of a malevolent spirit that takes over a human and makes them change into this beast. Now, apparently, it's so baked into the culture, it's actually become a modern mental illness called Wendigo psychosis, with a fear that the person thinks that they're actually turning into one. I came across that when we watched Charmed many years ago. I'd never seen or heard of a Wendigo till then. But anyway, so whilst it's way before my time, We've all heard stories of the circus freak shows. You had the two-headed men, the bearded woman, which was probably PCOS, wasn't it? Polycystic ovary syndrome. Snake man or woman, which was probably a form of psoriasis or eczema or something. And the wolf families or children, which would now we would recognise as being sufferers of hypertrichosis, which is being covered in hair. And it's also known as werewolf syndrome. Now, that can actually be genetic. Cancer can trigger it, and also it's a side effect from some medications. You really can get furry palms. Now, we mentioned lycanthropy, and according to some texts, that term wasn't really in use until the 1950s. But there's actually a recognised psychiatric syndrome. 
Apparently, it's incredibly rare, but it's not restricted to turning into wolves. Now, a review of medical literature that was done from about the early 2004 time lists over 30 published cases of lycanthropy, only the minority of which have been dog or wolf themes. There are hyenas, cats, horses, birds, tigers, frogs and even bees had been reported in some instances. Foxes and dogs are very popular in Japan, apparently, to turn into. Where? Japan. You said Dupan. Japan, yeah. In 1989, a case study described how one individual reported a serial transformation, experiencing a change from human to dog to horse and then finally a cat before returning to human to being a human after having treatment. So, yeah, I had Sword in the Stone from the Disney films going through my head. Do you remember Merlin had a magical fight with Mad Madam Mim and she tur- he turned into a virus in the end of Defeater? And it was just like, poof, you know. The- it's just clear mental illness, isn't it? Yeah. Come on. I, I know, I think so. If that happened like nowadays, people would be like, oh, it's my fetish. Don't kink shame me, wouldn't they? Y- yeah. I'm, I'm a furry. Don't hate me. Don't yeah. normalize not being a wolf. Have you seen that uh, old YouTube video? That- <laughs> of course I have. That, that guy was like, in all in all ways but physical, I am a wolf. And he looks at the <laughs> always but physical. No, uh, in, yeah, in, in all ways but physical, I am a wolf. And then the next shot is him looking in looking out at the sea and goes <laughs> and then barks at it. And, and I, it's one of these people that are like the undateables or something like that. He's just yeah, in all ways but physical, I am a wolf. Oh bless him. Well, most of these cases, as I said, these were in medical literature. They were actually attributed to psychotic um, episodes caused by schizophrenia, bipolar, or even depression. Oh, and a warning. If you like your pharmaceuticals on a weekend, apparently there have been reports that MDMA can make you think other people have transformed. So you're stood there quietly having a drink with your mate down the pub after popping a couple of tabs or something. You turn to him and MDMA you stood there right big furry. Uh, ecstasy. I was wondering if you knew though, that's what it was. The ecstasy yeah. is used like a stimulant. It's like a... But yeah, you turn to your mate and he's turned into a werewolf next year. That apparently can be a side effect from it. So let's try and get into the case. I'll try and keep it tight. 15th of August, 2016. Michelle Michon and John Stevens III were sat in their garage. Doors open. They were waving at neighbours, having a chat and a drink with each other in this place called Catestra in Florida. Now, seemingly it's a thing. It was a joke. They called their garage um, the Garage Mahal and it's thought that they did this as John liked to smoke the old cigar and those things can be stinky. And it, it's, it was quite normal for them. So around 9.30pm, uh, it's still daylight and it's hot. A neighbour was asleep in bed when he heard noises and then a scream which roused him and he went out to investigate. It's a quiet neighbourhood. He saw a young man wearing only underwear or shorts that he didn't recognise attacking both his neighbours. He waded into the fight until he realised he was bleeding and he managed to escape and call the police. He'd actually been stabbed three times in the back. When the police arrived, and apparently there was quite a wait, they were met with the stuff of nightmares. Michelle was dead in the garage. Subsequent quotes from the autopsy report say that she was stabbed, but she died from blunt force tra- trauma. So she was, he, she was beaten to death. John was alive and screaming, whilst the young man, later to be revealed as Austin, was wrapped around him in what was... It was described at the time as an MMA, MMA or wrestling move, and I'll get into that. He was biting John, shouting unintelligibly at the police, growling, 
pulling at John's face with his hands and he'd also bitten John's stomach. It took four police officers, two, two of them turned up first and they had to call in extra because they tasered him repeatedly and he just kept on, you know, wrapped himself around and was attacking John. They got a police dog in on him. The police dog grabbed him, was biting him, no reaction. They ended up kicking this Austin to the head at least four times, if not more, to get him to release John. Now, he'd been stabbed. John had been stabbed. Why didn't they just mag dump him? Why didn't they just unload every bullet they had into him? I don't know. They they do that for anyone anyway. If you, if you disagree with them and you've had a slight argument and your hand goes into your pocket, there's a chance that they're just going to mag dump you because that's protocol. Why didn't they just mag dump this guy who was trying to eat someone? They've tased him. They've called in police, uh, more police, and the dog's bit them and it's done nothing. At that point, you've exhausted it. Either you, either you hit him over the head with a massive stick so he can't move anymore or just mag dump him. Like, what are you doing? I lie. I actually do know why they didn't do it, because they said that the way that he was wrapped around John, they were terrified um, because they were struggling still. They were terrified the bullets would go through Austin and strike John, the victim, and kill him in, in accidentally. They just didn't want to risk it. That's why they talked to kicking him in the head to get him off. They just, you say hit, hit with a lump of wood. I'm pretty sure, you know, still toe cap boot to the head would have worked, but they get him off. Um, John has been stabbed with a knife that apparently Austin habitually carried with him and a broken vodka bottle from his own garage. He'd stabbed him with the, you know, the, the bottle itself. And he died at the scene exactly the same as Michelle had. So when they finally managed to get Austin off and under control, well, semi under control, he was screaming at them to help him. He says that he, he ate something bad. And when they asked him, well, what? He said, humans. And then he's said to have spat a lump of flesh out of his mouth. And there are pictures out there claiming to show him with flesh stuck in his teeth. He's covered in blood and he's strapped to a gurney before he gets transported off. And then he tells the police he has no drugs in his system and they should kill him as he deserved to die. So, as I said, he's obviously transported off to hospital where he promptly goes into a coma. Now, his father, who was divorced from his mother and his father's described as a celebrity dentist, was all over the press. The family all were, but he was far more so. Lots of Dr. Phil interviews and etc. The father claimed that Austin was suffering from organ failure in this coma and was unlikely to survive after drinking some type of caustic fluid from the garage of John and Michelle. And I'm like, what? So, who was Austin? He was a 19-year-old student, comes out much later. He wasn't the best student. He didn't get on with his father. Neighbours reported screaming matches in the street. Got on with his mother, whom he and his sister lived with, but his mother was very passive. He had a lot of problems, Austin did. Most of them he self-medicated for, as well as though initial testing found nothing at the hospital and they don't always test for the latest street drugs. It was discovered that he had a history of regularly drinking till he passed out, so a blackout drunk. He used ecstasy, magic mushrooms and weed, amongst other things. I think there was coke in there as well. Now, at the time, there was much speculation that this whole event was caused by flacker. That's a synthetic street drug and a newer variant of what is known as bath salts. And that apparently when it's heated, this flacker, it smells like dirty socks, which... Given the unusual, you know, his behaviour, the agitation, paranoia and extreme strength, it was, you know, a fair assumption. 
I wondered if it was what we call spice in the UK, but again, that's old school. With spice zombies, we often see them in the news over here. They tend to literally just stand around like zombies all draped over a, a wall or a hedge or something, and they just don't seem to move. But there were no traces of that found in his system. But like I say, they don't always test for the latest street drugs. This happened the evening he'd been at dinner with his father in a restaurant a few miles from where the crime actually occurred. He'd started, gone out with his dad and he'd started acting weird, according to his father. And he walked out and he walked to his mother's house, which was fairly nearby. And according to her, he walks in, he picks up a large bottle of cooking oil. I mean, literally a really large American sized bottle of cooking oil and just glugs it back. Her reaction? Do you want some Parmesan to go with that? She takes him back in her car to the restaurant where his father was still sat there, waiting for him. Now, according to his father, Austin got frustrated with slow service and stormed out. Video surveillance is out there. It doesn't show any storming, it just shows him walking out. There's also reports, allegedly, of verbal disagreements between the father and son in the restaurant. Maybe, allegedly, even a slap or a pulling at the shirt collar of Austin. But we don't know. That doesn't seem to be on CCTV, but that's from witnesses that have come forward. But again, allegedly. So whatever the truth about that, Austin leaves. He leaves his father behind. And he seems to be, from what's put together afterwards, he's walking home to his father. When for whatever reason, he turns off at the road before his father's road and attacks these complete strangers. That puzzled me a little bit because I know they you, they don't have footpaths the same in the US, the same as we do in the UK. So I don't know if he's walking along the side of the road or, or whatever. But anyway, so he's in a coma in hospital and his father thinks he's going to die. He survives. There are multiple court appearances. He's charged with two counts of first degree murder with a weapon, one of attempted murder for the neighbour and the death penalties on the table. The defence produced a psychiatric report, said he was living with bipolar disorder and acute manic episodes with psychiatric features and, I quote, lycanthropy delusion, believing he was a canine, not a wolf, a dog. Austin told this psychologist during the interview, which was in 2017, that he had a delusion that he could run super fast because he was half man, half dog. He believed that other dogs' hairs were attaching to his face. He was stood on a, a beach or something and people's dogs were playing and as their hair comes up, he says it was attracted and stuck to him. So it made him feel more dog-like. And when he heard a group of dogs barking, he felt as though the animal's souls were calling out to him for help. The report also says that Austin suffered from delusions of grandeur and at times thought he was Jesus Gandhi and Martha Luther, Martin Luther King. He also said that they believed that the devil was coming for him and his family. Apparently, he'd also uploaded um, 41 YouTube videos on the lead up to all of this, and they were all increasingly bizarre in nature. They literally made no sense if you try and watch them. I also got my hands on a copy of a report by a psychologist for the prosecution. That was done in 2019, but it was actually released last year, 2020. Austin... He's in prison, as we said. He's on an antidepressant 
and sleeping medications and has gained 90 pounds in weight, which is obvious when you see the pictures. Relatable. Yeah. Austin admits in this report to the psychologist to using alcohols, mushrooms, LSD, Adderall, Molly. What the hell's Molly? Cocaine? No, that was it. I was wrong before. Molly is... Uh, no, no, I might not be wrong. Uh, Molly is MDMA, which is ecstasy. Um, it's just like a different street term for it. Okay. Um, taking cocaine and Vivance. So he's self-medicating like crazy, yeah? So I'm just saying... Uh, so I I I I know a few of these. Vivance is an ADHD medication. In the UK over here, we call it Elvance. It's uh, it's different to like Ritalin and Adderall. It's a different instead of it being methylphenidate, it's dexamphetamine, which is a different type of stimulant. Vivance is typically like a longer-lasting ester, so it's in your body for much longer. It's weird why he why he'd be taking that mushrooms, psychedelic weed, which is generally a suppressant. It slows you down. Uh, Molly again, another stimulant psychedelic because he would have been off his fucking tits like he would have been hearing colours do you know what I mean <laughs> it would have been on the, he would have been so high he's on the moon yeah, yeah and you throw LSD into that which you can have the, I know you can have the flashbacks from that and coke yep yeah. I, I know a lot of them have like these huge visual hallucinations and stuff like that and like auditory and stuff but for him to be taking all of these at once when you said about him being so strong I thought he might have taken a PCP yeah that which again PCP is old school, but it's come back again. Yeah, and that's yeah. one of the things. Is most people exhibit these like crazy physical yeah. strength, these physical feats. It's like uh, there's like a, a barrier in your brain that stops you from being as strong as you can be because of risk of injury. Like our muscles are strong enough to break our bones and our joints just by raw leverage, but it's like a built-in defense mechanism to not do that. That's yeah. why when you hear about like a a car on a baby, yeah, like a hundred-pound woman can pick up yeah. a, like a a Ford Focus, you know? yeah. They wouldn't be able to do that. There have been climbers that were climbing on like rock faces, uh, and it's like a limestone sheet. The limestone sheet falls on them, and you slide them down the hill. But he can he's he's pressed the stone off him, and it weighed hundreds of kilos. But it's it's so strong, it's enough to pull the muscle from the bone. It's when, when you're designed to not exert that much. But I think when you're so high on these drugs like that, that thing's just fucked right off because it's stoned as well. It's probably why people are so strong like that. It's because they've got no sense of self preservation. Yeah, and they can just their bodies are switched off. They can be as strong as they need to be. That. If they're going so hard trying to claw your face off that they're worried that your own fingernails will come off, they're not worrying about that because they can't no. even feel it, whereas the normal person would be. It's like... Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this report also revealed that he was being treated in prison for schizophrenia and not just the bipolar disorder mentioned in many of the reports that are out there. So he's got two illnesses, which probably make this so much worse for him. Um, it also appears that he's still suffering from depression, which is separate from the bipolar, even though... When you get a mental diagnosis like the bipolar and uh, schizophrenia, they're not hard lines, are they? They're just, you're exhibiting yeah. X thing, and it seems to fit into this category. It's different than if you've got a broken bone and you say your leg's hanging off. That's easy to diagnose. With something that's mental like that, it's it's a it's like a catch-all. Not, not catch-all, because you get separate diagnosis, but it's non-specific. It's if you're sad low energy low mood and fatigue you probably have something like depression but it could also be something else if you're yeah if you have like delusions of grandeur you're seeing things that aren't there you're hearing things that aren't there it might be schizophrenic but that's just because it seems to fit the description of that it's not like a you can't look at someone's brain and say they've got this no just based off you that. can't so, do it off a blood test and so. the treatments of that are like medications that can potentially help balance some of these 
chemicals in your brain or whatever, but it ain't going to fix anything or everything, I should say. Well, it it also appears that he's also still having auditory hallucinations, so he's hearing things, and he's got what they what's described as religiosity. So he's he, again he's fixing on religious figures, and it's quite. Uh, quite profound when you actually read what he's I've, I've linked it in in the show notes but it's it doesn't sit right it, it seems that they can't tell if he became unwell and self-medicated or if the drug taking actually brought on the mental illness you can have people that have been typically have been like historically really uh, healthy mentally they can take coke and they can have um, psychotic breaks and never yeah. recover. It's, it permanently changes their brain chemistry. Well, this is why they're struggling with him. They've got him on all sorts of meds, but we all know that what will work last week might not work next and, week. And, and if you're constantly changing like someone's someone's brain chemistry, this, you're having all these upstream effects in the brain. What, what's the downstream effects you're having in the body yeah. and all those other stuff like that? That's just having this cascade effect where you don't know what someone's baseline is anymore. They're yeah. just permanently going to be all over the place. Well, according to the report I read, it seems that Austin does remember some of the attack. But it really reads it reads like a drug trip, the way he describes it. Because it, it was a drug trip. He just happened to eat someone well, on he, the way there. One thing he remembers is putting Michelle and John's dog into the truck to protect it so it didn't run away or get hurt. When nice he's attacking him. him. Sorry, I was, I was yawning. That's nice of him. <laughs> he, went, he went to plus point for that. He, he didn't have to do that, but he did. Well done. And then he remembers drinking something and then he blacks out. Which, again, is this his brain protecting him from something that he's actually done? Now, the report concludes that at the time of this event, Austin was unable to distinguish right from wrong. So if the court finds that he's actually legally insane, they recommend that he's sent to a secure state hospital as he's a danger to himself and to others. And if he's ever released, he needs a full assessment and basically hints at ongoing monitoring. He, he's never going to be safe, they don't think, reading this. Now, the trial was due to be in May of 2020, which is why I got it wrong again. As I knew that and I thought it had been settled, but it was postponed in March of 2020 and no new date has been set. I suspect there's going to be many, many more reports, many, many more delays, and it will be years before there's any sort of finalisation for this. So that's unfortunately all I actually have for this case. So we'll go into the case autopsy and be back with you in a moment. And we're back. So quick recap. We have a couple killed, quietly sat in their own property, minding their own business by someone they'd never met. And one of them was partially eaten or at least savaged. So initial thoughts were street drugs, seems conclusive, it's severe mental illness. Oh my God, I wonder if they pumped his stomach. There's a mention of a damaged esophagus um, due to whatever corrosive stuff he drank. So they probably wouldn't have been able to pump him because he had damaged esophagus, so they wouldn't be able to find... No, that's pump in the traditional sense. You can probably stick something in someone's stomach Ooh. on the outside. I don't know whether they've done that because it hasn't gone to trial yet. I don't know yeah. whether... Ooh. If someone has... I forget the condition, but if someone's, if someone's physically unable to empty their bladder, they can stick a needle directly into someone's bladder from like, externally through their like, yeah. the abs, almost, like that, that side of the body. I wonder as well if he, in his mental fugue state that he was in, I wonder if he knew 
by drinking whatever corrosive thing he did, it was going to destroy anything that he had swallowed. Oh, I'm just speculating. I, I just think he's off his tits and he decided yeah. to drink whatever near him looked like a milkshake. He, he doesn't know what he's... Do you know what no. I mean? He's, he's, he's talking to Winnie the Pooh. He doesn't know where he is. <laughs> so, seemingly, he was in remedial reading class in high school, but got a um, GPA of 3.6. He's in college, and testing says he's of average intelligence. So, maybe the reading was a teacher dislike or a macho thing. You know, boys don't like reading. He was also part of the wrestling team, which would explain how we held John down during the attack, wouldn't it? And why some parts of the press went with MMA moves. But apparently when he was part of this wrestling team, he he tore his ACL. That's the, uh, I think it's, it's the assisted cruciate ligament or something. It's, it's something like that. It's the really big, thick tendon that runs through your knee. It's not the one on the outside, that's your patella tendon. It's like a really important part of the knee it's really common with football players I mean like soccer players I should say and then and American football players it's when they test for it they'll they'll have you lay in the bed bend your knee at 90 degrees they'll sit on your foot and then they'll, they'll put the hands behind your leg sort of around your calf area and pull it towards them and if there's loads of flex it means your knee isn't secure to the, oh. and it's usually one of the things that has to stop a lot of athletes for a long time because their knee is no longer stable it loses all rigid all, all like like rigidity it's super unstable when I damaged my leg, I tore my meniscus, which is like the soft cartilage in between where your 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 knee connects, so like like your femur connects to your fibula and tibia. Right. That's the bit that I tore. I didn't tear a, a a ligament around the knee. I tore the cushiony bit in between. So what would you what would you have thought about treatment for this torn ACL? If if, if it's a full tear ACL, there is no treatment. It has to be surgery. It has to be reattached and regrafted. Right. You can either get cadaver tendons from dead people. You can get a cadaver Achilles tendon, which is like 150% stronger than like your normal Achilles. And that's basically it. Or they can reattach your own one. But for that, they need to like do... There's like a really intricate method where they basically bolt the Achilles tendon, sorry, not the Achilles, the um, ACL to the knee with like screws and stuff. It's going to be painful, isn't it? Yeah. And it's there's you you are usually out of the game for a very long time because it's such an important part of the knee and it's never as strong as it was. So if you're doing it in, say, a combat sport or a, a contact sport, whatever you did to tear it the first time, it's probably going to happen again. So you have to be extra careful when it goes. And it can happen from, like, um, if you were to get, like, tackled from the side and your leg's upright and it suddenly bends in, like, an awkward angle, yeah. like, to the left or right rather than where it's meant to, sort of back and forth, you can tear, like, your LCL, your PCL, or your ACL. And it's, like, a really important part. It's basically the entire thing that keeps your knee stable. stable. Right. And And what's really annoying is when you tear those, you don't know you've done it. When I popped my meniscus, it was just a sound, and that was it. My leg felt fine. I carried on with the training session like normal, doing MMA, and my leg was fine. And then when I got home, I'm like, oh, fuck, my knee hurts. I'm in the shower, and then you know, you've got like soap in the bottom of the bath. I sort of like kicked it down towards the plug hole. I thought, fuck me, my leg's going to fall off. And my leg just wasn't stable. That's why I, I tore my meniscus, because it's just not there anymore. It's not the same as an ACL, but it's along those lines. Like, you just don't know it happens. Ooh. It's bad, because then you carry on doing what you do, and then it makes it worse. It's, well, I, and it's easy to do in wrestling because you have like yeah. you have like single legs, double legs, uh, ankle drags, arm drags, ankle, sorry, ankle picks, which are like there's there's a lot of like explosive movement in wrestling, so that's where you can hurt yourself quite easily. And a lot of them when they compete, they are rapidly dehydrated. Yeah, insane. That's why you you can have twins. One of them's on the wrestling team and one of them's not. And the one and the one that isn't will be like four inches taller because the one that's on the wrestling team they have to do regular weight cuts where they to make weight for their division. And that's and when you're like 15, that's not good. No. To constantly be like dropping 20 pounds of fluid 
from your brain and most of that comes from, sorry, from your body and, mo- and a lot of that can come from your brain so your brain can literally get shrunk shrunk up and shriveled during this process it ain't good for you when you're a teenager any developing years well there was nothing i could find that he had ever had surgery for this but i'm suspecting he was probably on some heavy duty painkillers and then it probably you know one thing led into another and it it, it was never going to be good apparently his family knew he was really mentally unwell and apparently had considered having him committed under what's known as the Baker Act. So um, it's the anterior cruciate ligament, not whatever I said, it's cystic cruciate ligament. It's the anterior cruciate ligament. I know it doesn't matter. <laughs> also, did you, do you notice when we're talking about true crime stuff and because I know nothing, I sound fucking thick because I'm either asking a really obvious question or I don't necessarily have anything to say. But when you got onto a topic that I actually know about, like like the, like physiology, biology, endocrinology, something like that, or animals, I'm like, oh, here's a fact. I'm not stupid. I do know something. But then, then we quickly segue from that again. So I'm like an idiot again. Well, no, you can throw a few more wobblers in this because it's some weird stuff coming as well. Said they were going to have him committed under what's known as the Baker Act, which is the Florida Mental Health Act of 1971, which allows for the involuntary institutionalisation and examination of an individual. We'd call it just having somebody committed in the UK, but it's not, again, it's not easy over here. But it's easy to say that they were going to do that after the event. They didn't actually do anything at the time there was and there still is a lot of criticism of his father the tv interviews too soon after this actually happened the youtube interviews they're still available up there with austin and dr phil and i'm sure that the family were hoping that it would paint their son in a light of being so mentally unwell he isn't fit to be charged but i think it actually had the opposite effect on the family is that the public really didn't seem to have an awful lot of sympathy for them. And it's all very strange to us in the UK is these things don't happen. Family rarely talk to the press until after a case is, is done and dealt with, probably due to prejudicial statements. I'm, I'm not a fan of Dr. Phil and that, that's why... I, he's I, an, he's an exploits unwell people, doesn't he? I, it gives me the ick. I remember him coming up with the Oprah show when we used to watch it in the 1990s. He, there's just something about that man. I don't don't like him. He is actually a doctor. He does have a PhD. He does. I, I think it's, isn't it in something like philosophy? No, it's clinical psychology. But he didn't renew his license apparently in 2006, according to Wikipedia, because I did actually. So that just means up. he can't practice, but he's yeah. still, he still is a doctor. Still has a PhD. Oh yeah, he pissed off Britney Spears and all her family because he he did some funny. He's done he's done some few things. There's been some court cases, so I need to be careful. So. How do we get from werewolves to cannibalism, you may ask? Well, I'm weird and that's why. But I genuinely don't think it's a stretch to think people that thought for hundreds and hundreds of years, do you, maybe, that cannibalism would explain it. It's perhaps easier for people to think that it's supernatural being rather than a friend or a neighbour or a relative. Someone who would do that to most people would think is, is abhorrent, isn't it? So cannibalism is the act of consuming another individual of the same species as food. It's not always about killing someone for food. It can be a religious thing or consuming the flesh of somebody that's already died. In the animal kingdom, it's been recorded in more than 1,500 species. Now, human cannibalism is also called anthropagy, and it's well documented both in ancient and recent times. It's still practiced by tribes and sects in Papua New Guinea, Fiji, India, and there are cases allegedly in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Unfortunately, there's a lot of it as well in North Korea. 
Well, but that's for different reasons. That's some actual starvation, so people have to eat people. Well, yeah, that's the famine side that I talked about in the beginning, isn't it? So in 2011, there was a case of a German tourist who it's believed was killed, cooked and eaten by a tribe in French Polynesia. Now, I wasn't sure that I actually believed that one when I read it. It reminded me too much of a case of, of a lady called Julie Ward. She was a British woman who was killed in Kenya in September 1988. So uh, Julie was on safari in the Masai Mara Game Reserve. And it was a massive case, still is. And it dragged, it's still dragging on to this day. She vanished and authorities eventually came out and said that she was killed either, she was either struck by lightning and eaten by lions or the lions just killed her and ate her. They did find some bones um, and but anthropologists eventually showed that there were actually machete marks. There weren't teeth marks on her bones. Her dad has never let it drop. He spent every penny he's had in the world to try and get justice for her. He was a hotelier in the UK. Three people were actually charged with the murder and there's still been no conviction. We still actually don't know exactly what happened. You've got the Azaria Chamberlain case, which was the, the dingo mum in Australia. She, you know, they, they were out camping. Oh, that dingo ate my baby? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's been proved she's been completely vindicated. They've actually proved time after time. But at the time, they thought she killed her own child. But yeah, there's some very deep holes. And I've linked, if you want to read, about claims of cannibalism by the Japanese during and after World War Two, either through punishment or as a result of starvation at the time. I mean, I mentioned it before in an earlier podcast. I don't remember which one, but there were two presenters that had eating a part of each other on live television. They were So his presenters, Dennis Storm and Valero Zenon, each had a small piece of flesh surgically removed from their buttocks and stomach during tape segments. Then a chef fried the pieces in front of an audience and served them as part of a candlelight dinner. I don't know why they did that. I wouldn't want to eat my mate I did, uh, on television. But they had, they had to sign so many waivers to say that, yeah, this is allowed, da-da-da. But it's also that just because you sign something doesn't mean you're allowed to do it. It's- there was another case, I can't remember the poor chap's name, because I, I remember hearing about it. He had to have his foot amputated for medical reasons and he did manage to get it back and he he did it in a smoker or a barbecue in the garden and then served it up to his... They all knowingly ate it. It wasn't, you know, you've got so many cases. You've got Sweeney Todd. There's a, a case of a, um, a security guard that was killing local sex workers and then selling the meat to a local pie manufacturer. There's been so many of them. It's, it, I'm not even going to go into the kink fetishes on cannibalism, but there are plenty out there. You've got Armin Muse springs to mind, if anybody's a, a true crime aficionado. Go and knock yourselves out. We've also done a couple of cases with cannibalism links, so Cameron may have referenced in those, episode 16, which was Tammy Joe Blanton, and episode 19, which was Robert Maudsley. They're all available in the archives. It's horrifying how I picked a flipping case that wasn't settled, although I expect he's never going to go to trial. Or if he does, eventually, I think the death penalty will be taken off the table. Although the initial reports say that John's family wanted the death penalty, which is, I think it's completely understandable after what happened. Um, I think he'll end up in a secure mental hospital, hopefully for life. Certainly reading that last psychiatric report, and as I say, it's linked 
whilst he's heavily medicated, he doesn't come across in any way, shape or form. He's any better at all. He still has the same thought patterns and ideas. And I don't think he's ever going to be safe. So what do you think, Cameron, about my attaching werewolves and cannibalism together? Do you think it's a stretch or...? No, well, it says to make sense, but it would also work for something like vampirism because in nature of consuming someone, consuming another member of your species, right? But I guess with the the werewolf stuff, it's... The reason why this one works specifically is because he wasn't aware of kind of what he was, where he was, and it ties in with... It loosely ties in with cannibalism, but that's not... that. In his right mind, he wasn't consuming someone. He wasn't aware of what he was doing, but... Yeah. So there's a thing with cannibalism and why you shouldn't do it as if you need fucking to be explaining. Told. As to, you don't, you, you shouldn't, I don't need to tell you. I don't need to do a little waiver here saying, audience, don't do this. When you consume someone of the same species and you consume their brain, which we know exists in various tribes, they're, they're like skulls of uh, other humans and apes and stuff like that with scoop marks on the inside of the skull where they'll use tools to scoop out the brain. You can get something called Crux-Jacquel disease and something called Kuru, which is basically mad cow disease, constant tremors, and eventual loss of all muscle control. When you ingest a prion, which are again in the brain, they basically can't be destroyed. You have to cook them. Say cook them. You know what I mean? They have to be heated up to 900 degrees Celsius for several hours to destroy it. And any equipment that's touched it again has to be chucked away because you can't sufficiently destroy it. It's a form of transmissible spongiform encephalopathy. Which is a big fucking word, and I said it. I said it right. Basically, no alcohol, time. no alcohol. But yeah, it's, it's it's the way that kuru mad cow disease and this kind of stuff spreads. And I guess if a guy is off his tits on every sort of thing you could get his hand on, it would make sense that he could potentially eat someone's brain and get Crutchlock Shackle disease. Have you seen a cow? A, a, a cow? A uh, like a deer with chronic wasting disease? No. It's the same thing. The ba- the body is just basically erode away, and there's nothing they can do. They just have these like constant tremors and shakes and stuff like oh, that. That's but, awful. But yeah, it's, I wasn't, I mean, you could have went cannibalism with vampirism, but again, that's next week's case, which is either something completely different and over the actual consumption of blood specifically, isn't it? Yeah. Instead of just raw cannibalism. But it reminds me of that uh, bath salt case that was around in like the late 20s, so the early 2010s, like 2012 ish. Because it went, I was at college at the time and it all, it all came out about this guy that was found eating someone else's face high off bath salts. People just thought it was like either the end of the world or a real life Walking Dead situation because. For someone to be so absent yeah. enough to actually eat another man's face, I know that unfortunately there is a like a huge, I guess it's an epidemic of mental health issues within the homelessness. Yeah, you're right. But there's there's just different levels to this, and it's I've got a thing here in the crib notes about this guy, um, someone called Eugene, and the other guy called Popo. I thought Popo was the slang term for police, <laughs> which confused me because I thought it says here that uh, Eugene was naked and Popo was wearing only a shirt when the police arrived. And that, that confused me. But yeah, it just it reminded me of that, about some, a man eating another man's face high on bar salts. Yeah, but when, they, when the police got there, they couldn't stop him again, which is probably why they thought with this one. Well, that's, it's the same thing as well though, that I said about where when they're so absent and not aware of stuff, they're, they're, they don't have any sense of self-preservation, that, that stuff doesn't hurt. So when he gets shot, they're not getting they get not getting put down. That's why they had to shoot him twelve times. Yeah, and it's the poor guy that got that was the victim of this. Obviously, he was completely blinded. Whatever you do, don't Google the pictures of his injuries. They are. Is it like when that woman got her face eaten by a monkey? Yeah. 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 It's, it's exactly like it, that. It's not. It ain't good. No. It ain't good. Don't don't go looking at those pictures. Yeah, it's exactly like that one. Yeah, definitely. So I'm going to leave you with one final mental disorder that's not in the DSM or the ICD-10, but it's just 
it's the spooky month side of weird, so it merits a notable mention, and I think you're going to like this one, Cameron. Cotard's delusion is also known as walking corpse syndrome or Cotard's syndrome. The affected person holds the delusional belief that they are dead. They do not exist. They are putrefying or have lost all their blood or all their internal organs. The patient usually denies their own existence, the existence of a certain body part or, you know, so my arm doesn't exist or my leg doesn't exist. There's one case that's been really well documented and I say, although it's not recognised as a mental disorder, this one, it's interesting. It was a case of TBI, traumatic brain injury, January 1990. He was discharged from hospital to outpatient care. And for several months after the initial accident, this guy continued to experience difficulty recognising familiar faces, places and objects. He was also convinced that he was dead and he experienced feelings of... They they described it as derealisation, but I, I don't know how on earth you would actually articulate that. He was actually convinced eventually that he'd gone to hell after dying of either AIDS or sepsis, there were no grounds for either illness. Yeah. Why those two? Why yeah. specifically AIDS or sepsis? I, I genuinely... Maybe it was an underlying fear. He had- yeah, he could be like hypochondriac. You think he has that, so he thinks he has this thing as well. Do you, this, this reminds me of those two police people that... Um, what's, it, what's it called when police... It, I, I'm found with loads of weed. Please, the police take it off me. Yes. Police seizure, isn't it? They yes. seized their stuff. Yes. These police seized weed brownies and then they then ate them. But weed brownies have a very different effect to when you smoke it. Because it just sounds like I'm parroting Joe Rogan here. When you consume a weed brownie, you produce something called 11-hydroxy metabolite, which is like <laughs> which is like five times more psychoactive than weed, right? That's almost fucking verbatim. And I'd hate quoting Joe Rogan. It gets it's psychoactive, so you you'll, you'll have like uh, hallucinations almost like that. Oh. It, it, it gets no, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Then go oh, it, it's a different thing to getting high, right? And these these two police people rang the police. I I, I think this is the way that it was reported to me, but I saw, but I could be wrong. Reported to me, you know what I mean? That they were like, we're dead or we're dying. Help, send an ambulance. And they're like, you think you're dead? And like, yeah, I'm dying. I'm dead. There's there's it's on YouTube of people that. Uh, have gotten high without realizing it and then they ring the police thinking they're dead so the, again this maybe this is why that this is described as not being in the dsm but this guy actually had a brain injury as opposed to you know a drug-induced psychosis which is probably what most people would think with that one wouldn't they um this guy was so convinced that he he, he did actually seek out some medical testing to prove that he was in hell um, by the May. But then he started to think, well, maybe I'm actually not dead, although I still suspect it was. It was really weird. He was able to distinguish between dead and alive people. So if you gave him Mahatma Gandhi and, say, the Prime Minister of the UK, he'd know the difference. But with himself, he couldn't tell the difference. But they treated him. They decided he had, of all things, depression. And so they treated him with, you know, the medication for depression and his delusions of his own death and the fact he didn't exist actually subsided. And it took him it only took him a month before he realised, yes, I am alive and whatever else had been going on for the last sort of five months wasn't real. So he just dissociated then? Yeah. 
which is like which can happen from I, I don't know the term for it but it's it's not multiple personality disorder that doesn't that's the term anymore but when people dissociate and then become a different personality it could it just sounds like something like that but going back to what i said about those uh police officers that had confiscated some weed and made brownies right i'm gonna i'm gonna read you basically the transcript of when they when they called the police i think i'm having an overdose and so is my wife and then the dispatcher says, overdose of what? And he says, marijuana. I don't know if there's something in it. Can you please send rescue? This dispatcher <laughs> says, do you guys have a fever or anything? And he says, no, I'm just, I think we're dying. Dispatcher, how much do you guys have? I don't know. We made brownies and I think we're dead. Time is going by really, really, really slowly. They probably didn't have a job after that. After ringing up their own probably dispatchers. And... Yeah, it's that thing though, isn't it? It's what you do in your own time off. But if you're if you're the police and then you've confiscated weed and then you've just used it, I don't think you're allowed to do that. I no, think that's not right. I don't think you are. So what are people looking forward to for next week's podcast or what do you feel comfortable saying without giving too much of it away? So for my mind, the epitome would be vampires, as you, we discussed, rather than witches, because I think witches can be next year. Vampires, oh my word, the interesting part with vampires is that they're actually people who self-identify. And I think it's got to be easier yeah, to... Yeah, but people identify as being a fox, <laughs> didn't they? True. You've, you've got like wolfkin, otherkin, wormkin. I mean, who identifies as a worm? That's weird to begin with. But people identifying as a vampire, again, hmm. I think it's easier to turn around to somebody and say, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a vampire, rather than say, I'm a werewolf. And then people say, all right, okay, do you turn furry once a month then? No, I think the werewolf one makes more sense because you can get fursuits. But being a vampire is fucking weird. If anyone said, no, you just try to rationalise saying, I think if someone said I'm a vampire versus someone saying, I think I'm a werewolf and a werewolf on being weirder, I don't think either of them are better than the other one. I think both of them are fucking mental. Well, I, you, you grew up on Buffy, didn't we? And we brought you up on Buffy and the likes of things like that. So I'm, I'm quite um, comfortable with the alternate reality that might come spring to mind with those kind of things except when you dive into cases like this and um, it's whether again it's mental illness or beliefs or manipulation um yeah i've ended up with a really huge case that i didn't intend to do but i've got so much so much stuff for next year so finally yet again the victims are an afterthought but for their families and friends she worked in finance he was a father of an adult son and daughter he had just become a grandfather, but yet had meet, to meet the child. It was a retired owner of a landscape business, and they'd been married for 19 years. They were Michelle Michon, aged 53, and John Stevens III, aged 59. So thank you very much for listening. Please like, favourite, and subscribe. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Murder Me Monday Podcast. And we'll see you next week. Thanks Peace. for listening. Bye. Bye.